Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. Hello everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week we've got Jens Dembski on the show who is CPO at Coach Hub. So they are a platform for employee coaching. His role recently started just six months ago. Jens has over 17 years experience in agile product management and has worked in leadership roles for some well-known organizations in Berlin such as Rocket Internet free to move and the eBay classified group. Jens is a supportive and caring leader who loves helping people develop professionally. And we're looking forward to hearing more about his experience today. Hello, Jens. Hey, hey. nice to have you. Yeah. It's Morgan. <laughs> oh, wow, I was already impressed uh, about you saying Jens the right way, right way, oh, right? Really? But also good morning, Arsene. <laughs> good morning. I'm not going to let her take the credit for that one because um, Sarah gave us the heads up this morning. I would have said it, Jens. Yeah, actually, when I was working in Brazil, everybody called me Jeans. That was way Jeans, worse. Really? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes when I work in, in Europe, I get called Eli instead of Ellie. So I quite like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sounds also good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's great to have you on board um, on the show, Jens. And um, I'll, I usually lead, um, start the conversation off. Um, so it'd be really great for us um, and our listeners and viewers to find out a little bit more about you. Um, as Ali said earlier, you've got about, what 17 years experience within agile product management, but it'd be really great to hear um, your story, the whole journey, how, how that started and how you got to where you are today. Okay, so so please interrupt me because it's it's quite a journey, right, for seventeen years. But yeah, <laughs> in the in the two thousands when I finished my school, I was personally interested in things like yeah, three D animations. Did a little bit of you might notice small pixel comic uh, videos and stuff like that. I was into this kind of things uh, and oh. uh, decided to study media technology for that. Yeah, so I wanted to be a professional in, in that area. And I started media technology at a university um, that was responsible to uh, create the MP3 codec. So you might know back in the days this this file to share music, MP3. Oh, wow. uh, I studied at that university, which, which, which was cool. 
but I figured out during my studies that, um, yeah, they have a very scientific and very mathematic um, approach to media technology. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they were so much into developing the next audio codec, um, which was not so much my piece of cake. So I decided after three years to, <laughs> uh, to switch uh, and take the chance uh, to enter a trainee program for a software company that was into audio and video editing software for professionals and consumers. So I entered the, the, the video editing vertical of them. So I was a little bit more back into this creational and creative mm -hmm. part of media technology. Um, and there I started to be responsible um, in the localization of the German software into the European market and into the US. So when it comes to localizations, translations, but also adopting the feature set and the, yeah, the box, actually the box text. So it was really DVDs putting in an electronic market, selling to consumers. So mm -hmm. I learned a lot about uh, video technology there, but also about uh, consumer commerce. And actually, it was the day where you had deadlines. Yeah, so there was a guy wanted to take uh, the disc to the factory to press thousand uh, items of it to sell it uh, in electronic markets. So there wasn't things like, okay, hey, if you don't release today, we'll release tomorrow. And maybe if it doesn't work, we just update it. It, it was different times, right? Um, and it was pretty exciting because it was at the beginning of the century and, and all this online media popped up. So it was way before Instagram, uh, YouTube was, yeah, starting its businesses. Yeah. So uh, throughout the years, I became responsible for the evolution of photo sharing and photo editing software of the company. And by analyzing the user needs, uh, then we started to create online photo albums way before Instagram and stuff to share your photos with your family, yeah, which was really cool. Um, and we, we were pretty successful with that. We even made it to an IPO then. And um, after four years, I actually started to evolve into all this online services stuff. Um, in my spare time, I created a, a concept for actually a home recording software. So like like you're sitting in front of the webcam and you can make your own show with this new sticker at the bottom or enter a, hit a button to show a video or stuff like that, right? You're an expert. And I presented it. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, if I would have built it, I would be a rich man now, yeah, with all these YouTube influencers. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, I showed that concept to my boss, right? And he said, Jens, don't you have enough tasks if you have time to create such a concept? And you could imagine that this was pretty demotivational to me. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so he he basically told me, okay, go back to the feature factory and do your job and don't do this funky concept stuff. Um, so so yeah, I decided to to yeah, okay, maybe this is not the company anymore for me. Um, and I, I I switched to a company which was in a very interesting business phase because it was an online advertising network. Uh, that just got acquired by a big publisher company in Germany, Axel Springer. Um, it was Xanox. Uh, mm -hmm. And I switched the roles from being a product manager into being a business development manager because they hired me. They hired me for, um, for my experiences in localization. Mm -hmm. Part of their company strategy was, was uh, growing via expanding into other markets. 
Mm-hmm. So this is why they hired me and my, my localization experience for a business development role. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. So it, it was more than in an analytical part. Okay, what are the market trends? What do we need to do to have a market entry in the different countries? Uh, a lot of business intelligence. I got way more in touch with P&Ls and post-merger integration mm-hmm. scenarios and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, was, that was really, really nice. Uh, I, I did that for around four years. Um, but uh, why doing it? Um, I figured out more and more. Uh, I then switched to a senior role also that I miss product. Yeah, I miss building mm-hmm. stuff. I miss talking to users and say, okay, this is your problem. Here's my solution. Yeah. And um, so at one point of time when it was very much into business and I've seen a lot of um, consultancy guys entering the company to optimize businesses, using my slides with their logo and company presentations, uh, um, I, I decided to talk to my boss and said, you know what, I, I think I would prefer to go back to a product role and change roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this actually took me to my next station, which was Rocket Internet. Um, because a, a former business development colleague of Xanox went to a subsidiary of, of Rocket Internet. So she introduced me to, to the network there. Um, And then I entered the company when Rocket Internet started to, yeah, localize Zalando outside of Europe. So, yeah, it it was highly secret. It it was called the Bigfoot Project. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, Was some kind of humor in the title, right? Um, And we started to to do basically shoes business uh, around the world outside of Europe. Within Europe, it was Zalando. Right, but outside of you, what it was, I don't know what was it. It was the uh, uh, the icon in Australia, La Moda in Russia, Da Fici in Brazil, etc., uh, etc. Et so it took me on a really international scale of business, and Ooh. yeah, it was rugged internet, right? So so it was super fast paced, um, um, so we we had to develop very structured processes in releasing countries. We have professionalized and remotely opening up businesses in countries where we have not even been here. So we open up uh, businesses in Mexico without having someone on the streets there and stuff like that. Um, and within Rocket Internet, I then became the, uh, the senior product manager and later the head of product um, for the prototyping team. Yeah. So that when your leadership career started then. exactly so i entered i entered uh, rocket internet as a senior product manager um and was embedded in a development team yeah so there it was more or less kind of an eyesight double leadership of developers mm-hmm. together with the tech lead of the team okay. yeah um later on uh, then i got promoted to an head of product role there and then with that development team, we became a prototyping team. That means whenever Oliver Zamba decided to do a new business, we have built the prototype and then handed it over to the so-called founders. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you ever, uh, uh, you as uh, HR professionals might know that most of the rocket internet founders have been hired managers called founders. Mm-hmm. Um, my team was actually building the prototypes to hand over it to these founders. That's cool. Yeah. And, and there, you're super right. They're kind of the, 
my leadership skills needed to develop because we have been in a very fast-paced environment with high expectations, but we, we, we don't want it to burn ourselves down. We, we still wanted to have fun as a team, but we needed also to deliver performances. Yeah, so um, it even went to the press that from decision uh, of we do something into release it into five countries within eight weeks, you, you could imagine how fast-paced and how structured we needed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there I started to step more into agile development and how to get a team alignment, um, how to build a team spirit in that fast-paced environment. Right. Yeah. So, which was very interesting, but was then in the final end also my decision to 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 change again after four years. <laughs> and it, it's actually a pattern. I recognize it's a pattern. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not going to change my, my job every four years. But there it was. There, um, <laughs> um, there was. Right, uh, you're there. three and a half years away from that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, if you want to find a pattern in there, it is. Um, uh, I'm not trying away to take bold decisions and change my personal situation if I need to, if I'm forced to work against my core beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and luckily we are in this awesome industry where nobody of us had needs to be afraid of getting a job. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. why you can really follow your own principles, which was fine. Yeah. And the thing is you get approached all the time by such amazing opportunities. It's hard not to turn things down and sit up and say, let's have a chat, let's have a coffee and, and here, and particularly in Berlin, there's so much exciting stuff. All yeah. The time. yeah. And I would not want to miss any second of it, right? Oh, it was, yeah. it was, everything was, was really awesome. And it was in, in my end twenties, it was awesome to travel around the world for rocket internet, right? Yeah, and cool. I learned a lot there. Um, uh, so the network you gain there, the experiences you gain, all the things you learned there uh, are really, really, really well. So, so people out there and you, if you ever can get a uh, higher rocket internet people from the early days of rocket internet, get them. They're really awesome. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, but at some point, especially when we have been even in a press of, okay, we are able to release any e-commerce business within eight weeks. Yeah. When we did that, it was actually, it was helping a cleaning company uh, in, yeah. in Germany. Um, yeah, but, but, yeah. I think this I think the CEO has been to some of our events in Berlin at Helpling. Sarah knows Helpling. Could, yeah. Well, it was, it's actually a quite a while, uh, but yeah, it could be. Yeah, it was happening. So Helpling was my very last project at Rocket Internet um, because once we have built Helpling in eight weeks, um, Oliver Zamba said, okay, if you can manage that in eight weeks, maybe the next project uh, is mentionable in six. Mm -hmm. which was then somehow something where I said, mm, okay, what's important for me as a leader is also, yeah, have high performance, have a hunger and passion for performance, but keep it on a fair level. So, so the good thing was our performance was good. That's why we, we, we could have a little bit of a diva attitude there and said, no, Oliver, we don't work on, uh, we, we don't work on Saturdays there. So, so it was Rock really stars important. <laughs> yeah, but actually it was, it was part of, of an important recipe, right? Because yes, we have been fast paced, but if we would have been fast paced every day until midnight and, and every Saturday, you could not keep that speed. Yeah? Yeah, cool. And that's why we have been kind of divas and not working on Saturdays, not working after nine and stuff like that. 
but that's simply not possible if you want to release a whole new business in six weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to uh, uh, walk the extra mile there. And this was not something which I wanted to do as a pattern. It's fully fine if you want, if you need to do it once in a while, but as a pattern, it was was strange. So I actually decided to go to the eBay Classifieds group and significantly the uh, mobile.de, yeah? so which is the automotive marketplace of mobile classifieds in Germany and, and uh, uh, yeah, the market-leading automotive marketplace in Germany. And why did I do that? Yeah, it's what, it was one of these classical headhunter approaches. You are very familiar with, it, with that kind of stuff, right? Um, but what was interesting to me was it was a sustainable product, right? So being the prototyping guy of Rocket Internet was do something for eight weeks, hand it over to the founders, do the next thing, which was interesting for a while, but I wanted to be responsible for a product for a longer run, having more sustainable, long-lasting strategies, yeah? Mm -hmm. So I became uh, 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 the head of product for the consumer part of mobile.de. And um, it was really interesting because I had another head of product for the commercial part. And we have been a really a complementary couple somehow, right? People have made jokes about that because we have been like the two grandpas from the Muppet show somehow or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And that was really funny and, and really good because... Um, from being in Rocket Internet, where I was employee number, I don't know, 70. And when I left the company, we have been 20,000 or something around the globe. So having in that growth space, I entered the corporate eBay uh, yeah. with, with whole different budgets, with, within an HR department that is not just recruiting, but also taking care for the employees and stuff like that. Right? So being involved in a leadership training program and stuff like that. So that was really good. Yeah, and this what was this was. What size team did you what, have So, uh, as a con head of product for consumer, I had um, four senior product managers and mm -hmm. two UX designers reporting to me okay. at the beginning. But we increased it throughout uh, my career there because later on, uh, when we acquired the company, um, the commercial head of product went over to that company, and I also took over for the commercial part, so for the whole end-to-end -end business. Uh, and so in the end, my whole team uh, was about 25, 30 people of designers pro and product managers. Um, and together with the other head of product, we started to invent things like OKRs, um, agile product development. We have, uh, we have tried to, oh no, we did make UX design a stake into the company. Yeah. And within that eBay environment, I had really um, the luck to be involved in this leadership trainings in a very intense uh, feedback management, uh, promotion management, career path management. So I learned a lot there about leadership, but I also got challenged somehow, right? The good thing of having a profound feedback cycle is you get feedback, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the bad thing on it is you get feedback, right? Uh, uh, so, so the very first... What was the, the very was first the biggest piece. thing that you learned there? Because um, it sounds like you've obviously had been on lots yeah. of leadership programs up until this point, and I know obviously we've not got to coach up yet, but it might be interesting for the viewers and listeners to learn something that you learned. Um, you know, what was the biggest thing that you would say that you learned? Definitely. So, so it was kind of, uh, I would maybe give it a headline situational leadership. So you have to adopt your leadership style to the current situation, one. And second, mm -hmm. but also to the individuals you work with. 
Yeah, yeah. it's not this one size fits all approach. Yeah. And um, while I was successful at Rocket Internet from being super fast paid, very structured to the point, um, the first feedback I got at, at eBay was, oh, Jens, please give the guys more room. You are too micromanaging, yeah? which was <laughs> the key to success for this fast-paced environment and rocket yeah. internet. But it was totally wrong at eBay, where, where there was more room and more time and let people evolve and stuff like that. And I needed to learn that. Yeah? Mm. I needed to learn how to, how to get people, um, how to make people get things done yeah. while not micromanaging them. Yeah? So this was actually the period of time where I started to read hundreds of books about leadership because I recognized Jens, you're not a product manager anymore. In the first one, you're now a people manager. Yeah. yeah? Um, and that was, that was really, really interesting. So on the one hand side, um, was really good to get such feedback. Yeah. It was really good to get such feedback in a recurrent way because usually, especially the higher you climb the ladder in leadership positions, the more you live in your own bubble, the mm -hmm. less and the rarely you get really honest feedback. Yeah. Uh, and that was really good that that, that I got it there. Mm -hmm. So that That's made awesome. me um, actually recognize that it's not about me being experienced and get shit done. It's mm -hmm. me about being a leader to develop people to get mm -hmm. shit done. Yeah, to do the right things and do the things right without not always telling them. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah. I needed to learn that. I needed mm. to learn that. So my, my job there was way less operational than more strategical and um, empathetic, I would even call it. Yeah. 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 Your leadership so, style does come off very compassionate, I think, from what you said already, which is really good. Well, yeah, empathetic leadership, yeah. I guess, um, that is. So um, fantastic. And then, and, and then from there, you joined Coach Hub. So I, I did, uh, uh, so at eBay was, yeah, blah, 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 was a, a lot of uh, interesting experience we might step into later on as well. Yeah. And um, let me check, was it again four years? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, um, uh, actually I became a father, took some, did some parental leave. Um, oh, and nice. <laughs> usually uh, this, is, this is one of those life moments where you recheck your 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 core beliefs and what is important for you and what not. And yeah. I was super motivated to, to fly to San Francisco uh, uh, twice a month for eBay. But at that time I was more motivated to stay with my family. Yeah. yeah. Um, your priorities and, change uh, they, when you become, become a, a, a dad. Yeah. And at that time I, I also thought, okay, do you really need to lead a team of 30 or 35 people? Or can you be also satisfied with leading a team of five? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to step into a small, very small startup of 25 people, a startup of friends of mine, Neuraum, um, okay. because they've been in the middle of uh, a transition from a Series A financing to getting the next money and establishing at the market, etc. I stepped in there as a CPO. It was my first C-level role there. And I helped them for, for one year, actually, only for one year, um, in, in evolving their businesses, putting it on a more professional level, et cetera. Um, uh, but actually, after one year, I recognized, okay, from being the head of product of an international businesses at Mobile and eBay Classifieds to a small startup, uh, what that built is 
a, a website for house for people that wanted to buy a house in Germany. Very mm. niche, very German. Um, was interesting for a while, but yeah, it sounds pretty strange. But the shoes I needed to wear, they were pretty small. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the next well, you round tried was, it and um, it wasn't for you. So it's you know, you'd, I guess it must have been difficult to make that transition as well, because obviously you'd worked what you'd done four years at two corporate, faster-paced, larger organisations, and it must have been difficult mm. to make that transition. But you know, obviously you tried it for a year and and it wasn't. Yeah, actually, the pace in a startup was way higher than in a corporate. Honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. usually it is. Yeah, uh, and I love this more. Yeah, we felt like a family, right? So I liked that. It was not that corporate yeah. stylish thingy, yeah. but it was a very narrow, very special interest area. Um, being a CPO in a in, in a twenty-five people startup with three founders um, that also have their own ideas. So mm-hmm. my I got somehow downgraded into a back again into a very operational role. While my strengths and I shaped my muscles around leadership, around product strategy. Uh, and I, I haven't been able to use it well enough there. Yeah. So I entered a, another one year period, which, which was free to move. It was a mobility um, uh, company. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I did that for one year. Uh, and I did it because I, I thought it's such an awesome product. So uh, all mm-hmm. this car sharing, bike sharing stuff, that's the new stuff, how you how you change and disrupt markets, etc. was pretty cool. Also an interesting learning because it wasn't subsidiary of the PSA, it, which is a big automotive company, right? Okay, cool. And yeah, it feels special if you are in a small office in Berlin from a Paris company. Uh, and uh, after one year, they basically decided um, to close that office. Uh, but I decided already to, to, to move on to Coach Hub. Um, because again, one of this headhunter approaches, you know, um, and Coach Hub finally... For me, it was the perfect combination of my craft as a product manager, where I was aiming for designing products with a user-centric mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So analyzing the user's needs and create uh, then t- uh, digital solutions for it. Plus all the things I tried to learn and build in my in my own behavior as a leader uh, in invest in the people, empower people, let them grow, trust them, etc. And actually at CoachUp, I can combine that. So we provide digital coaching. So we don't provide this one too many uh, classroom trainings. Mm. Um, So we provide digital coaching, which is the purpose. And we do it digitally, which is my uh, product manager craft. And this for me is the perfect combination of of my journey. Amazing. Uh, do you do that um, across different locations? Is it anywhere in the world? or? So it was usually based in Berlin with a lot of traveling, especially in a rocket internet times and, and in the eBay times. Um, it was totally different sizes of companies from a small startup or a company that went to an IPO to corporates. Uh, but yeah, my, my base location was always Berlin. Oh, sorry, I meant at Coach Hub, the digital coaching yeah. that you provide as a business. The service. The service. Is that across different locations? Is it Germany only? This is based in Berlin. Um, so is it a global global product that could we use it from the UK? Company, German company. Um, but we have businesses across Europe and 
Yeah, we are also in the UK. We're so so our focus in oh, Europe right. and the office in New York, and we also we also do coaching uh, uh, in China. And actually, as as we are B two B company and we work with the top tier companies, we're oh, talking wow. about uh, with companies that have their subsidiaries around the world, right? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Um, brilliant. So, um, if we quick, let's quickly just talk about your current role then. So, how, what size team are you responsible for? Oh, I haven't counted it. So, mm-hmm. um, um, so I'm currently responsible for a team of designers, product managers, content editors, and behavioral scientists. Overall, mm-hmm. I think we're around 20-ish, 30-ish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, while we have a sub-team in my team, uh, which mm-hmm. is what we call coaching lab, which combines all the behavioral scientists and the psychologists that report to our head of coaching, and she is reporting to me. Yeah, but the overall size is 20-ish. Fantastic. Brilliant. So you're putting all your good leadership training and skills to, to use then in your current role. It is fantastic. Yeah, and it's actually interesting because... Um, as said, for me, it feels like a perfect match, but it was also interesting to enter that company and start to being surrounded by psychologists and behavioral scientists. Mm-hmm. That makes you a little bit afraid, right? So, okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. the They're analyzing you. Push you under more pressure, doesn't it, that? Um, yeah. You probably learned a, a thing or two as well in the last six months. Is there anything that you want to share, learnings-wise? So um, what I learned at CoachUp is that um, if you start really to interest in the people and not in the role, yeah, and this is about coaching, right? Um, it is, uh, uh, so the solution is in yourself. You, you might just need, might need some help to figure it out, yeah? And if you then meet these people on eyesight without any judging and stuff like that, then it's actually not that complicated to find common sense. Right. So, so it's super easy for me to talk about, uh, to talk with my, my behavioral scientists and my psychologists in the teams. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not into all the methods and theories about people development and learning psychology and stuff like that. But I, but I'm able to talk to them on ice high because we respect each other and it's no problem to, to say, you know what, I have no clue what they're talking about. Please explain. Yeah. Even though I'm a leader. Um, so that that's just really really a nice experience, um, uh, and that I learned that uh, yeah, don't think in roles but in people. Yeah, yeah. that's good experience as a leader because obviously as a CPO, as your careers progress, you've managed similar teams, you design, your product managers, etc. Whereas this role is a bit different, isn't it? Managing a completely different different team which is yeah I guess it's got its challenges but like you say you, you can just be open and let people that you know when you don't know what they're talking about and learn from them which is the main mm-hmm. thing I'd love to know then your career you've got an extremely successful career in product management what's your greatest achievement um this sounds like being a, an interview with some recruiter but I honestly <laughs> That is what you're doing. What makes me to recruiters, right? So but no, what but but honestly what makes me really proud is yeah. that a lot of people in my team that some of them started as working student in QA in my team and are now senior product managers and yeah. do it well. So so I'm really proud that I could help them grow into their roles mm-hmm. and that they are still friends and meet me for a beer or two at, at the evening. 
So, so I was able to let them grow while, while being their, their boss, but not in a way that I say, okay, uh, I don't want to have a beer with him. Yeah, so that makes me proud. I have a couple of, 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 of people, men and women in, in my teams that are now very successful product managers. Yeah, I would name that as my biggest success. Yeah, lovely to be able yeah. to play a role in their journey. And the fact that you still yeah. post now is really nice and speaks highly of you. So that's amazing. Um, what are you really passionate about? What gets you up out of bed every morning? And what are you excited about in your industry? Hmm. So um, I think, and this is yeah, kind of a DNA of a product manager, is mm-hmm. I'm curious to understand things and then make it better. Right. So if I if I jump on a problem, I want to understand why is that and how can we make that simpler, faster, easier or something like that. That's really passionate. Yeah? So, of course, it, it, it could also be a standard answer from the book from being a product manager. But actually, so um, I love to, to do different things all the time. So I've done fashion I've done sports. I've done automotive, yeah. real estate, blah, blah, blah. But but in the end, it's about empathy and really hunger to die uh, to deep dive into a problem understand it and then derive solutions out of it and i don't need to be a real estate agent to analyze the aspects of a real estate agent yeah if i know my tool set as 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 a product manager and then especially with sometimes with this outside view product guy looking on a business of real estate and not a real estate guy and therefore develop new ideas that is actually what, what, what keeps me up at night. What, what actually, honestly, sometimes I wake up at night at two, put on my mobile phone and enter some idea into Evernote to not forget it and stuff like I that. Do yeah, that. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah, I, I have to do that. Otherwise, I, um, can't, I can't sleep. sleep. I can't get back to sleep. And I'll just mm. keep thinking about it and thinking about it. But if I write it down and then it's, it's out of my head and, and I won't forget about it the next day. And I've lost so much now. I've lost so yeah. much good ideas while not doing it. Right. So yeah. I started to do it because I said, okay, I will note it next morning. Most do it with <laughs> a pen and paper next to your bed though, because the blue yeah. light's not good, is it? Do you do it on a pen I, and paper? I, no, I do it. Yeah, I do it on my phone. Anyway. I bought I did buy a pad specifically for that, but I never days. used it. I okay. use my phone. But it's the screen, isn't it? Lucky if you do it on your phone and then you see the screen, that kind yeah. of wakes you up again a bit. But. The thing yeah. is, the pen and paper wouldn't work anyway because you'd be doing it in the middle of the night. You, know, you wouldn't be able to see. Would you yeah. you'd have to turn on the light and then you'd that, probably get in trouble true. with your partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use Evernote for that. Take some short notes and that's fine. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> that brings me nicely on to um, one of my other questions was going to be around like managing stress and um mm-hmm. how like you keep yourself sane and healthy um obviously um you've had some you know you've you've worked for smaller businesses and like startup environments you've had some pretty high pressured stressful roles over the years you uh, you know and at the same time you've had a family um mm-hmm. how do you how do you you know are there, is there any other things that you've been able to put in place that's worked for you that might be good ideas that you know could work other people could take on board mm. um that's really helpful mm-hmm. to manage your stress and mm-hmm. so interesting that you that you also described that journey in that order because um i would actually also talk a little bit about situational coping of stress yeah so for me it was different in how do i cope with stress in my mid-20s or in my early 30s 
uh, and how I cope, cope with stress now as to being a, a daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the pattern behind it is basically next to your work, find something that you have passion for, right? That you seriously take time for. So cross business out of your head for a couple of hours in your, in, uh, in your day. Right. So, and in my early twenties, it was, well, let's describe it in this, with this easy sentence, work hard, party hard. Right. So <laughs> uh, with, uh, with that, with that team at rocket, we had really intense working days, but we really had some awesome parties. Right. And, and we had fun together in, in our spare time. That yeah, involved um, the clubs in Berlin. <laughs> that involved going to uh, the club. That involved going to some roofs we should not have been to. Um, <laughs> things like I love things Berlin. Do in your mid twenties in Berlin, right? So, um, yeah. And that was important. And actually, it was also kind of this recipe of this strong team spirit because we are not have only worked hard together, but we have also played hard together not always mm-hmm. having parties but we went also to wakeboarding together to climbing together etc so that was a strong bond in the team yeah? yeah on a later stage when we all got older of course everybody has its own uh, families and stuff like that that changed right so do i party hard yes Every week, no. Yeah, uh, it's now it's twice or three times a year, and not three times a month, but that's okay. Um, um, but uh, the pattern behind it is, um, I leave the work behind me, and this was what I needed to learn, right? And um, I needed to learn to not read my emails during vacation. I needed to learn that it is okay if I'm not available in the evening. At some point, of course, the higher you climb the ladder. Yeah. yeah. So, so your availability should be in relation to your salary somehow, right? So, yeah. so of course, I'm available for my team also at mm-hmm. night now. Um, but I, I, I try to not uh, get into into the concepts and the different aspects of my work in my spare time to really focus where I am. If I'm in the office, I focus on my work, right? Yeah. But if I'm at home, I'm focused on my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actually, if you find the root or timing-wise, a good balance then actually this, this is well enough to, to cope with stress. The important thing is that the thing you need to do next to your, to your professional work needs to be something you are really passionate about. Yeah. yeah that can also be reading. Yeah, if, you're, if you're passionate about reading, it's also fine. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, actually, um, earlier you talked about, I can't remember which company it was with, but you said that you'd, you'd been on lots of different leadership training programs and courses and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. What courses or books or anything online? Any, He's going to tell you, coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you, you know what? Men? <laughs> Ellie just said that you're probably going to talk about coach now. Um, but what would you recommend to other to our listeners and viewers that you know that would might want to follow in your footsteps at a really kind of like mm-hmm. at that start of their leadership career, but really yeah. wanting to break into becoming you know getting to sea level? What what courses, mm-hmm. books, or what, what would you, is there okay. anything that you'd recommend yeah. that you? And Ellie, you will you will wonder how exact your your anticipation was, but I come to back <laughs> back to that later. Um, uh, maybe first step into the books, right? Um, yeah. um, actually, if I need to recall books, I always have the three same books in mind. One is called Fish. It's it's about it's actually a pretty outdated book. It's about a, a fish market. 
Uh, yeah, and and these folks at that it's a real story. And these folks at that fish market have really a shitty job, right? Working in the night in the cold with fishes, but they have really fun there. Yeah, and it is about different principles. It's about um, uh, it's about choose your attitude. Yeah. So if you entered the elevator in your office, choose your attitude you want to have today. Yeah. Another one, another principle they talk about in that book is play. Yeah. So the guys at the fish market make a game out of it. Yeah. And stuff like that. And that was, especially in the rugged internet times, a book that helped me a lot in not taking things too serious, but also sometimes reflect about itself. Yeah. When it then become to a higher professional level of leadership, uh, two books actually made my way from the same authors, from Patty Azzarello, is one of the female leaders. I think it's at Hewlett Packard or something, one of the first gen female general managers. And Patty Azzarello has wrote two books. The one, the first one was Rice. And there she, she describes her journey and her principles uh, in growing into leadership roles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the principles I, I still use from that book is um, be clear on your prior priorities to yourself, but also to your teams. If you have your top three priorities that are really important for you, then make your team be aware of, because then your team can handle their work and also yourself way better. And actually the later book of Patty Azzarello was called Move. And it is about how can you establish corporate strategies to broader organizations. Mm -hmm. While the usual pattern is that some leader C-level guy talks on stage about some, some funky vision, and the audience said, oh my God, it does, that is so not matching to my daily routines. Yeah, And this book is about how to bridge that again. Yeah, So every letter of move is one principle. M is for the middle. So actually the success of a strategy starts in the middle. Yeah, that are the two books. But back to your anticipation, Ellie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, retrospective is quite funny because the best course uh, I've ever been at, at the eBay times was yeah. a program called uh, Leader as a Coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where, where you got told or trained in that you as a leader usually is not the guy that, okay, an employee comes to, with, uh, comes to you with a problem you jump off the desk, go to the white book and draw something that solves yeah. this problem. Yeah. Which is, which is the standard because you are in a leadership position because you have shown that you are able to fast uh, uh, solve problems. But as a leader, actually uh, your responsibility is not to solve the problems for the others, but to help them solving them by their own. Yeah, and good. there, yeah. And there, this is the difference between directive leadership mentoring teaching mm -hmm. and coaching and you learned there how to design conversations how to ask powerful questions um how to structure a conversation with your team not in a way to tell them what to do but to coach them to find out by themselves and that was actually my my first yeah. touch point with coaching yeah mm -hmm. uh, and yeah it was good enough that i'm now working for a coaching company that's really cool. And actually, I think like that's something that I can probably learn from. Yeah, definitely take that on. I think, I think we all could. I mean, sometimes we're quick to just like, well, me and Sandra, obviously, as leaders of business, we're quite quick to like just make decisions ourselves and then just tell mm. people what to do. But like I mm. said, it's so easy because 
you, you have done it right you you, yeah. you have proven yeah. that it works and yeah. and it, it's maybe faster and with, with less fail risk but it actually yeah. it keeps you busy right yeah. if you always yeah. solve all the problems yeah. maybe you are the most busy man or woman in the company but you should actually be the most relaxed man and woman in the company as yeah. a leader so this was actually something that made me think when i was in, in one other training at ebay i met the ceo of ebay devin venning at that yeah. time and he told you know what you as a leader it's okay if you go to the gym in the afternoon it's okay if you have a swimming in the morning because actually it's important that have you, you as a leader have a free mind because if you have a bad day 60 other people will have a bad day yeah mm -hmm. so you have some responsibility to free up room to think to free up room to be relaxed as a leader and that was something that that yeah that was pretty much reasoning to me yeah i love that the ceo of ebay told him told you that himself well actually yeah he is uh, uh, and it matched perfectly to the one other sentence I got in recruiting for Rocket Internet. It was yeah. uh, uh, Christian Weiss, the CEO of Rocket Internet at that time. Mm -hmm. And he told me, Jens, as a, as a, a senior product manager, your job is uh, that you are obsolete, so that you are not needed anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's about create structures mm -hmm. that people can work and stuff like that. Yeah, so as a leader, it is not as a leader. your job to as a leader is not your job to to get operational things done necessarily. It should be yeah. more a job to clear the road, drill down barriers, create standards that makes it easier, faster, and more com uh, 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 comfort to 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 solve things. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Yeah, I think there's some great tips there that we'll definitely take away from today. So we. Yeah. I've loved hearing your story and more about your style and approach, but it's always great, I think, to listen, uh, finish the podcast with your plans and exciting things that you've got the, on, on the agenda at the moment. Obviously, it's been a turbulent few months for everyone, but we've all got things to look forward to. So um, what have you got planned at Coaching Hub and what, what have you got on the agenda for the next year that you're excited about? Yeah. So, and they perfectly matched to the whole journey because our vision is we want to democratize coaching. Right. Mm -hmm. That means um, when I talked about my journey, when I started mm -hmm. to read books, uh, it was in my senior to head of uh, level of the career. Right. Um, when when I got the favor that somebody pays a coach to train me at eBay, I was already in the head of two director area of my career. Right. Mm -hmm. That's pretty late. I could have been way better if I would get that such great training and coaching on earlier stages of my career where when I weigh when I'm way more insecure in my personality as a professional employee. Yeah? So um, what we want to do is make uh, coaching first, easy accessible, and also convince even um, traditional companies that yes, that works also remotely. And honestly, Corona is a little bit doing as a favor here because everybody yeah. is forced to do things remotely and they figure out, well, not everything works fine, but most of the things works fine, uh, also remotely. And uh, we want to uh, uh, enable that for more people. And by making the access easier, it's, it's going to be necessarily cheaper. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So the coaches don't need to switch into an airplane to fly to, to a client, client <clears throat> stay in a hotel. They just need to uh, sit in front of their laptop and then they can do a coaching session. And with that aspect, our core belief is that we that we make this uh, being an, uh, available for people 
uh, on the lower career levels, not only CEO coaching, they all have their own uh, leadership coach, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we want to make the, the seniors, maybe even the juniors getting that training, especially in the phase of the career where, where they shape their future. Yeah. And, and we are, we are here to, to help with coaching, but also with learning material and learning exercises uh, between these sessions. Yeah. And what makes me passionate in, in my role as a product guy is that this is still green field. Yeah. So this is why I love to work with our behavioral scientists, why I love to work with our psychologists, because we are trying to figure out and disrupt the market on how to transfer personal and behavioral development into digital solutions. And this is something uh, which we are after at CoachUp and we are on a pretty good way. Fantastic. I um I, I ran um, a webinar this week actually and um, that was about empathetic leadership and dealing with mm -hmm. anxiety in the workplace and one of the questions that came up um was um it was a technical engineering manager so he, he's um at leadership level kind of like not one away step away from head of position and he um one of the questions he asked because it was like an interactive session and he asked his concern and um, because he's they're all still working from home that one of his concerns was how does he train continue to train and coach and manage his team remotely um so um yeah so i should imagine that like, it's quite interesting um it'd be good to find out a little bit more about coach hub um at a later point actually yeah um, yeah, yeah, definitely, because there might be things that we could put to use in our business and some of our clients as well. Um, I didn't I didn't realize that we could. It was I mean, obviously, it's, it's digital, isn't it? So it's accessible anywhere. But I didn't I didn't realize until I asked earlier that you were in the UK as well. Um, so, um, yeah, let's I mean, we'll we'll save that for another time. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so <laughs> 10 seconds of advertisement. Everybody listening um, Google for Rosie Evans. Uh, which is our behavioral scientist or look on our linkedin stream because we have exact we have um podcasts and webinars exactly on how to cope with anxiety and keep your teams up in that complicated times so okay. she's she's awesome on that maybe we'll get her to do the webinar one day with yeah, yeah yeah, that's yeah, actually, yeah. I run, it's called taking time in tech um and i run it maybe like i do like one session like maybe every couple of months so I've got someone lined up for the one that I'm doing in September, but I don't have anyone after that. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to have a chat with her, actually. Amazing. Yeah, so. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you yeah. on the show. Um, Same for me. Yeah, le learning all about your background is so interesting and diverse. And like you've been through so many exciting companies like eBay and Rocket Internet. It's so fast paced and exciting. And it sounds like you're really passionate about what you're doing at Coach Hub now, which is really cool. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, what's the best way for them to contact you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's that easy, right? So most likely everybody listening to the podcast reads my name in the description. Put yeah. that name into LinkedIn and you yeah. will find me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, yeah, I, uh, it's I not Hunt, Hunt Schneider my, or something. Uh, I met with one of my clients yesterday for uh, yeah. a couple of gin, gin tonics after work. And she was telling me that uh, the CTO had come on our podcast and he'd had quite a few people message him direct saying that they, want, they wanted to join the company, which was amazing mm. to hear. So it's nice that people actually 
do reach out and say say that they'd be interested so yeah fantastic having you on the show thank you very much for your time lovely to meet you and thanks for having me and we are hiring Just <laughs> 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 Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye